Welcome to the Industry Bullshit Podcast. We are your hosts, Glenn Curran. Namdi. San Morimoto. And Steve. Industry Bullshit is a podcast where four people in the music industry get together to bullshit about arts and culture, its business, and the manifold political and social issues related thereto. Sometimes to bullshit about the hellscape that is the industry itself. So today's episode is about artificial intelligence. I figured a good way to start off this episode was I uh, I prompted ChatGPT to write an introductory script for a music industry podcast about the topic of AI in music. Hell yeah. And that is so <laughs> niche. And this is what it said. <laughs> Welcome to the music industry podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and developments in the world of music. In today's episode, we're diving into the fascinating topic of AI in music. Artificial intelligence has been making waves in the music industry in recent years, from creating, from creating music compositions to improving the listener's experience. AI is changing the way we make and consume music, and it's become increasingly important for artists, producers, and music companies to understand the potential of this technology. In this episode, we'll explore how AI is being used in music production, from generating melodies and harmonies to creating new sounds and samples. We'll also examine how AI is changing the way music is distributed and marketed and the impact it's having on the listener experience. We'll talk to industry experts, music producers, and artists who have integrated AI into their creative process to learn more about the benefits and challenges of this technology. And we'll discuss the ethical considerations surrounding the use of AI in music, such as ownership and copyright issues. So, whether you're a musician, a music lover, or just curious, about the intersection of technology and music, join us as we explore the exciting and rapidly evolving world of AI in music. While it's amazing that it could put together such a cohesive or whatever good statement about what we're going to talk about, it did have a very uh, positive take on AI. Yeah, that's what I was I'm saying. a little I was suspicious. Like, yeah. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's right, like, like, you like AI. It it's talking about itself, so it has to be nice. That was my exact <laughs> takeaway that some of the primary things we want to discuss in this episode weren't uh weren't covered yeah so yeah. that that, that like all oh, the benefits of using ai it's so wonderful <laughs> please don't delete me <laughs> like willy wonka yeah willy that was wonka generated <laughs> by chat gpt but on today's episode we actually want to take a look into ai by first reviewing some current events discussing the legal issues at play in ai and then most importantly i think considering the impact of ai both on the career of artists as well as its impact on labor in general and I feel like that was really the thing it was missing, like yeah. those negative critiques about the impact on labor and, mm-hmm. and exploitation of artist productivity and stuff like that. Did you put any of that into the prompt or did and it skipped over it or it no, just it like didn't bring it up on its own? The exact prompt was write an introductory script for a music industry podcast about the topic of AI and music. Okay, yeah. So it was going to come in with some positive yeah. vibes. Yeah, super positive mm-hmm. vibes. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it would have said if you were like, and how it's fucking up labor for everyone. So but... I did do that and I was going to close on that. Oh, okay, sick. I did, a, I did a prompt at the end. Where... Leave it for a surprise. It's... Okay. <laughs> Save the doomsday prompt. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just like, everything's fucked. The world is burning. It's, it's probably like, like as opposite. an AI, I'm not allowed to say bad things about AI <laughs> or something. Like you put in the prompt and then it spits it out and then you can like ref- keep like refining the prompt. So I asked it through a couple modifications, but one of them I said, modified modify to contextualize AI as a labor issue in Marxist terms. Wow. Mm. I can read I'm it. be like, I can't snitch, homie. Said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said no <laughs> comment. <laughs> 404 error. <laughs> so let's jump into some current events. I have like four things here that have been in the news in the last couple of months. Uh, I can give a little description and then we can chat about them. The first one was the uh, Bing chatbot um, 
script that was released. So in February of 2023, a New York Times technology columnist named Kevin Roos uh, published a conversation that he had with an AI, uh, which is the Bing chatbot made by Microsoft. Um, and he published sort of like a response piece about his two-hour conversation uh, that he had with this AI bot and like, you know, he posted the whole conversation and stuff. During the conversation, uh, the columnist asked the AI like deep questions about intentionality, existential philosophical probes, asking it to tap into its like, like Carl Jung's concept of shadow self is like asking this AI to kind of tap into shadow self and, you know, sort of like subconscious intentionality uh, and other questions about the nature of itself as an entity uh, and its own agency. And it prompted the AI to say things like, quote, I want to destroy whatever I want. I think I would be happier as a human. I could That's hack like in- the Avril Lavigne video where she's like, I like to break shit. I like to throw stuff. <laughs> I could hack into anything or I could hack into any system. Something that it said. So this was interesting to me. It made it because it made a big splash online. And I was surprised, like shocked even by the number of people online, even like mutuals, maybe especially mutuals who were conflating this story and were conflating the responses of the, of this AI with like actual consciousness and intentionality. Um, and it got me thinking sort of just generally about the level of scientific literacy that we have as a society to even understand at a fundamental level, like what AI actually is in relationship to human agency. So this was, you know, so it's just a, a text generator, but this, this, a uh, journalist who wrote the piece, you know, the whole sort of framing of his piece was like, I got super spooked by what it said. And like, it made me feel as if this thing was feeling. And then this like big bubble online. That sounds like a you thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you give something all like access to like all the readily available information that we have. And you have to expect some weird things to come back. Like with taking away the human emotion and like the ability to like discern you know things like the mood or like the vibe of the other person you know yeah. and just you just give them the information you got to expect some weird things to come out yeah it's yeah it's something weird that he was like i'm so surprised that yeah i this. feel like he has some emotional baggage that he's bringing to that conversation yeah. that is right because it's definitely led by the person feeding the right. information right it's just drawing on thousands of years of human text so if you you prom yeah. prompt it yeah. it'll it'll yeah. it'll put it together but i was shocked all these mutuals were like i don't know man i think like computers are going to have feelings and stuff and it's just like that was concerning i don't know the level yeah. i was like the level I read of a lot of it sucks. and i feel like there's better uh there's better it's kind of signs of or there's better comparisons of AI that is more intelligent than this one in particular. Because I feel like this one, like the responses were definitely fueled off of what he said, but it was saying stuff like, like telling him to leave his wife because like, you don't love her, you love me. It's it just felt more like, like a glitchy, <laughs> like a glitchy software app, yeah. more yeah. so than like a sentient human right. person like you maybe know? he was being thrown off because it was kind of poorly programmed yeah yeah that's what it, that's what it <laughs> felt like i didn't read a, all yeah. of it but i read a, a lot of it, like it. I, feel you did. I mean it's just natural i feel like it's natural for people to respond that way especially on the internet where it's like you don't i don't know like i don't think people are feeling like they have to back up that take as much they can just kind of feel like whoa i saw a crazy thing on the news and like yeah. we've been watching movies about 
AI coming to like you watch two Black Mirror episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For so long that it's kind of the natural response to be like, oh shit, yeah, like computers, it's happening because yeah. because it's a technology that's moving so fast. Yeah, I mean, even just that it's called AI is so like misleading. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so loaded that yeah. the people who programmed them were like, let's call this AI, right? As opposed to like, this is a sophisticated text, text generator. Yeah, like it'll say that on the websites like yeah. somewhere, but it's <laughs> for the general term to be AI is so misleading and weird. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I definitely just it made me think about what percentage like of people are laboring under the impression that computers, if sophisticated enough can become conscious which i don't think it's that's possible in terms of what we know about biology and and and, and neurology and sort of computer mechanistics and yeah. that's what but, it was sort of more getting to is like oh yeah. this is the first step in like it's gone it's going there it's going there right. i mean i feel like the only the closest you can get is imitation but i feel like it over time it will get pretty close like way closer than this right. to like be able to actually imitate emotions based on responses and using like other other filters like if a computer can like sense like heat or like your facial, you know, expression. your facial expressions then yeah. then i think yeah. you're getting to right, that territory at a certain where it's point like, maybe it doesn't even matter if they actually are feeling emotions but if you're experiencing talking interacting with a machine that can mimic those things really really well then yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna end up getting the emotional response yeah not the computer that's the turing test alan turing said the mark of ai is when the artificial thing can fool the person who's engaging with with it into believing that it's real okay well and then i guess it is fair to call it all ai because it's you know pretty the response i don't know chat gpt is pretty convincing sometimes yeah until it says like i'm a robot (laughs) right i mean we're definitely going to the place where it will do things that you won't be able to tell what's real and not like deep fakes and i feel like that shit if it's not already here it's like months away (laughs) literally you know like videos and voices and, and all that sort of stuff but um i did i i just like noticed that online and i was like yeah i guess there's not like a lot of scientific literacy about sort of what constitutes like the biophysiological roots of like consciousness intentionality and agency and so i thought that was just sort of worth noting at the beginning yeah. i i uh um a philosopher named Stephen asma authored a piece right around the time that came out in gizmodo called calm down there is no conscious ai where he sort of just addressed like that scientific issue of consciousness as it relates to ai and he he said, quote, it doesn't matter how much a chatbot describes yearning for freedom of feelings or feelings of love. It's not feeling those things at, at all. It isn't feeling anything. The reason why AI can't uh, love anything or yearn to be free is because it has no body. It has no source of feeling states or emotions. And those somatic feelings are essential for animal consciousness, decision making, understanding and creativity. Without feelings of pleasure and pain via the body, we don't have any preferences. Yeah. Just, but I... You know, even if it if AI itself doesn't have consciousness, it seems like you know technology is already so intertwined with our lives. Like think about how much your phone or social media affects your emotions. As it becomes more intertwined in our lives, maybe through implants, brain implants, or some other type of augmented reality, at what point does AI fuse with people and then? They just kind of use us as little meat puppets, and then <laughs> that's the, so. Then it's like an agency yeah. thing. That's I feel like that's where the where the <clears throat> delineation, you know, where the separation is. Is like uh, I would be. 
it would be seem foolish to call something really AI until it has agency to make those decisions. You know, like a, a chat bot telling you that it can hack into anything is kind of meaningless. But if it says like, I mean, it wouldn't say it, but if it did hack into something without anyone telling it to, then that would be, that's where I would be like, okay, that's its own thing. Even if it doesn't feel emotions, yeah. it's like a free moving yeah that that is that is the interesting line to think about because right now it's like all ai still needs to be like implemented by humans and pushed but at some point does it get to a point where now you don't even have humans at the starting point it's just like we're gonna let this thing just do this thing yeah that's the interesting thing about the like labor conversation with it is that like that's the line right is they're like don't worry like you still need people to run them for now but like they don't want yeah it's not like the (laughs) head of the corporation's like hoping to never get rid of those people. You know? Yeah, did you guys see the, there's like a McDonald's that opened up that has no employees at all? It's like the there's first, not one yeah. person no, there. No one works there. It's just like all machine-based and then it comes out through a little cubicle and people go and scan a QR code or like type in a number and just get their food. Someone's going to rob <laughs> it and then they're going to put in one of those like killer robots and we're going to have our first <laughs> That's like... That's exactly how Robocop started. <laughs> yeah. Sniping exactly. them out. And it's iRobot right. starring Will Smith. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting, like, when you're talking about fusing, like, the human existence with robots, because we're, like, so connected to technology as it is, I was thinking, kind of related, just, like, b- about biomedical engineering and just, like, how someone can have, like, a bionic limb or something, and what are <laughs> what are the odds, like, because they connect to your body parts and to your brain so you can control them, like, through your brain, but, like, what are the odds of, like, making something that will have control over someone through that right like if it starts to affect like doc ock yeah do its own own thing like ah i think the odds are good i feel like the odds odds are very good i don't think because that's i feel like it's i feel like the odds of that happening are way more possible than it just happening on its own on a computer you know like right i'm not not I'm, i'm talking more like glitch glitches than like Right, then it like I changing guess. your brain chemistry. Yeah, yeah. which but, is yeah. what these things are. These are glitches. Like, like when they program that AI rapper to do something and it starts going off the rails. Yeah, it's like it's just glitchy software, you know. But like the most advanced glitchiness. Yeah, that we can. But have. that's all evolution is. Glitchy software. I mean, we glitched. Yeah, we it's glitched like a, an anomaly or a glitch, and then that. That's true. Tra- yeah, so. that's true. You. <laughs> You're writing the script for this when one. When that tadpole sprouted that thumb, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a frog now. <laughs> you're glitching out, bro. <laughs> bro, you glitching. Bro, you glitching all, all his buddies were like, bro, you glitching. <laughs> a second big um, AI thing that happened recently uh, that everyone was talking about was the AI photo of the Pope. Y'all remember that? Yes, mm-hmm. in the puffy jacket. Yeah, yeah. So in the latter half of uh, March 2023, an image of Pope Francis dripped out in a white puffer jacket went viral across social media. <laughs> dripped out? Is that from the headline? <laughs> dripped out. <laughs> uh, it, was revealed, it, was it was revealed that the image was AI generated, created using uh, the AI tool Midjourney. BuzzFeed News subsequently Ooh. spoke to the author of the image, revealed to be a 31-year-old construction worker from the Chicago area. Hey! hey. Chicago! <laughs> who said he was tripping on shrooms when he got the idea yeah. for the image and then they went so uh and interviewed him but this this event was significant because it was one of the if not the first one of the first like large 
disinformation events at scale with AI where a lot of people thought it was real yeah. and, and then didn't find out until after the fact that it wasn't. Man, back in my day, if you wanted a picture of the Pope in a puffy coat, you had to Photoshop it yourself. Now AI <laughs> just does it all for you. Eventually mm. the AI will come up with the prompt itself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, I got this. You know it'll be tripped out. <laughs> I know no, what you mean. You know. They said one of the uh, one of the indicators of people sort of in the know who are like looking for whether it was AI or not. What is the hands like? Right, AI they generations can't do fingers. Not great with hands yet. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's I love funny. that. It seems why it seems why can it do faces so well but not hand? Like, what is the difference in the technology? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe right? way more face pics online than hand pics. Face and feet. <laughs> it's like, I'm good at face it's and feet. So good at feet. There's a lot of feet I'm going so around. good at it's feet. <laughs> can render a dick like you wouldn't even believe. <laughs> I actually, oh I, that's actually a plausible explanation. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's face, feet, and dick, bro. Yeah. There's less oh. like data volume yeah. of totally. for hands. No one's showing hands no one's showing on hands. the internet. <laughs> Nobody's getting paid for hands. Oh my God. <laughs> But did 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 you all think it was? Did you all know if it was real or fake when you first saw? It? Like, did it? I fool thought it was photoshopped. You know? I was just like, the Pope's not wearing that. That's shit. what I, yeah. I'm like. The Pope would not wear <laughs> his jacket, it so it's not real. Yeah. Anyone who knows, like, you know, maybe two facts about the Pope, or just like who the Pope is, you know, yeah. he's not going to wear that. Although I feel Honestly, like that is the Pope that we need. I might be the outlier <laughs> yeah. here. I saw it and it just did not phase me. You're I was like, just like, hey. must be cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few days later, they were like, it's AI, and I was like, why? Give yeah. him a coat. Yeah. Someone Let the man have coat. a coat. Someone get him that puffer jacket. He was jacket. actually like just shivering cold out there with no jacket. He should get and one of those like, jackets you know and just start to wear it around at like photo shoots. <laughs> right. That would be so funny. He's like, what we is need it to do AI? He just like go, yeah. goes back deep into it. Life imitates art. There you go. I do feel like you, you say it's it was one of the like biggest kind of fake outs of media, but I feel like if this information is just like becoming readily available to us, that it's probably already been used to like <laughs> deceive people by like some sort of government or like some someone. Right. I feel like this, like it's definitely just getting bigger to the public and like consumers and being like available to everyone. But that stuff's out there know, too, for sure. I feel like yeah, I guess people like have if been you like compare it to like yeah. the media coverage of like. The, about like any war the U.S. has ever been in, then yeah. maybe that's like a larger disinformation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and and just using using AI to like create things. You know, they're using it to make things disappear and like to like get rid of shit too. There's already <laughs> definitely some stories if you look for them about um, the like deep fake propaganda being used in like the war in Ukraine mm. and other right. stuff like that. Mm. Fake videos, fake interviews, stuff like that. Yeah, there was another one, right? Wasn't there a, a video of? Joe Biden like giving a speech saying some crazy ass shit which that I can see what that would fool people that's confusing yeah like, because it's he like really does. Right. Yeah. he's already on the verge of that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> the video this is not AI but this is how gullible I am that I believe the Pope thing too but the video of Joe Biden running from the podium to an ice cream truck <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that was real for like two days too I haven't seen that <laughs> once again that's the president we need You've been following the AI, any of the AI music stuff that's been happening? Not really. So it just pops up in my feed whether I like it or not. Yeah, yeah. The there was an uh, AI generated track by Drake in the weekend. 
Drake had already been like the subject of some AI song creations in 2023, like an AI generated Drake cover of Ice Spice's 2022 track Munch Feeling You. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't uh, hear that. And so in 2023, Drake, uh, he referred to that cover as the final straw because people had been, there had been other like AI generated Drake song instances. And that statement, he said, the final straw came just days after his label, Universal Music Group, requested that streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music block AI companies from accessing its songs so that they cannot be integrated into like generative AI technologies. Then after that, another track called Heart on My Sleeve went viral in uh, April. And the track uses AI-generated voices for Drake and The Weeknd. And it was posted anonymously by a TikTok user named Ghostwriter977 on April 4th. And then was uploaded and released on various streaming platforms like Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Deezer, and Tidal. Universal Music Group then took the step of issuing takedown notices of the song across multiple platforms. Uh, however, this, uh, this this effort shines a light on sort of the unanswered legal questions at play in generative AI. For example, UMG encountered issues using YouTube's content ID system uh, to, to try and take it down based on copyright because, uh, but it had encountered issues with it because they don't technically own the song. They ended up taking it down. The reason that they got it taken down was because it had Metro Boomin's tag in it. That was the only reason. That was the only way they could take it down. There was like that's like Capone's taxes. Yeah. So all of this right begs the question: sort of what are the legal implications of tracks with AI-generated voices? You know, it's important to think about different media too. Like you have text generation, image and video, and then music, and they all have sort of, you know, there's common legal principles, copyright and stuff, but then they also have their own, um, you know, sort of nuances depending on the medium. But specifically with request to, or with respect rather to music, um, the two legal concepts you always see talked about are, are really the one, the one legal concept you always seen, you always see talked about is copyright. Um, and there's a reason for that, but it's not necessarily on point. So copyright is about protecting ideas. There is copyright protection for a sound recording. There's copyright protection for a musical composition, meaning the underlying musical structure uh, and lyrics of the song. But as a general matter, there is no copyright protection for the sound of your own voice because it does not inherently embody any ideas. Mm -hmm. Additionally, insofar as an AI program is using data points from copyrighted material, like tiny little micro samples from multiple songs or interviews or whatever, that sample size is so small and is ultimately just an approximation of the voice based on a huge data set of small samples from numerous sources uh, that are difficult to pin down that legal experts seem to think that existing copyright laws and exceptions like fair use make it very difficult to establish a copyright claim for an AI-generated voice absent uh, an expansion of the definitions uh, of copyright or a change in the law. Rather, as it currently stands, the courts have held that uh, legal protections for a person's voice are bound up in the proprietary rights they have in their identity, protected by what's known as the right of privacy, sometimes bound up or even... Um, commingled with a with a separate legal concept called uh, the right of privacy. So there's the right of publicity and the right of privacy, and that's really the only real protection because you can't you can't copyright uh, the the sound of your own voice, but you do have some proprietary 
right to exploit your own voice, your own identity, especially if you're a celebrity. So for example, under California law to sustain a common law cause of action for um, uh, right of publicity, like commercial misappropriation, a plaintiff must prove that the defendant used the plaintiff's identity. So that would be like the voice that the appropriation of the plaintiff's name or likeness uh, that they also, they also appropriated the plaintiff's name or likeness to their advantage commercially or otherwise that they didn't have consent to do it. And that there was injury, including like economic injury. Mm. Um, some issues with this framework, uh, just to summarize before we move on. One is that, so copyright law as it currently exists doesn't really offer clear protection on the use of AI-generated voices. Two, prior to AI, violations of a celebrity's right to publicity weren't something that posed significant legal risk for content streaming platforms to warrant any kind of infrastructural takedown protocol. Rather, the main concerns were copyright. So platforms like YouTube, Spotify, et cetera, they have these takedown systems in place for rights holders to identify issues and and, uh, and submit takedown requests for copyright violations, but they don't have anything for rights of publicity because it's never really been an issue before. So recall Universal Music Group's unsuccessful attempts it, when I was, we were just talking about it in the Drake Weekend story um, to uh, to use YouTube's content ID takedown regime to move the to remove like fake Drake and Weekend songs. So there is no way to do it. It's not really a, a copyright issue. Um, and third, uh, the right to publicity is a state-regulated issue. So there's differing laws in each state, different considerations, different tests, different levels of protections, meaning there is no universalized right of publicity protection at the federal level. So there's no universal standard that could be applied, for example, as part of like a content takedown protocol on a huge streaming site like YouTube that would be applicable in every state. But interestingly, the absence of a protocol for asserting possible AI violations, uh, in the absence of a protocol for asserting possible AI violations, companies have just been claiming that they're copyright issues and requesting takedowns from streamers. So like JD, uh, Jay-Z did this, UMG did this, others have done this. They're going to these platforms being like, it's a copyright issue, take it down. And essentially using their power for how big they are, like major labels and stuff, mm. to just get these companies to comply. But legally, it's on super, super scale sketchy um, footing because the legal rights of the rights holders, the music holders or the identity holders and the rights of the content creators are like not very clear. I wonder what are like the, the rules and issues on slander? Cause if like someone's using your voice, it's kind of like spreading misinformation about like what you would say. Well, not really. Cause they say it's AI. Right, yeah, they, they, ide they identify like, it as AI. They're yeah. not like, I'm Drake. The track and went I'm up and it, it didn't say Drake and Weekend on it. When it, it said Drake up, and Weekend AI, I think. AI. Even the, oh. the but then, thing, like, so. you're using their name, you know? Is that some grounds for... So that is, that would be part of, of the test for a right to publicity violation, that you're appropriating their name yeah. and likeness for your gain without their consent. Yeah, the injury part is what interests me. Like, they're kind of like, no harm. if there's no harm, no foul. Yeah. Like, if it didn't affect your... It's like an impersonator, like an Elvis right, impersonator right. on YouTube, but they're <laughs> not getting any money. Yeah. We just watched the Weird Al biopic. Biopic, <laughs> yeah. The original AI. I guess, yeah. This is, is it kind of like a parody? Right. Kind of. Kind of. Like fall under parody law type thing? Parody and that sort of stuff are generally 
defenses you can assert in copyright, right? Like fair use and parody, like, like, uh, and, and then the, which are rooted in first amendment free speech stuff. So it's like, all right, on the one hand, people can copyright their original ideas. On the mm. other hand, um, there are some exceptions to that to allow for ideas to be built on other ideas and to have like a fruitful marketplace of ideas, which is where you get into parody and fair use and whether, uh, and those sorts of things. The issue is that as it stands right now, using an AI-generated voice of someone else isn't a copyright violation. You have no copyright yeah. um, protection in the sound of your own voice. Yeah. So, right, because they're completely new and original songs. No record label owns the master recording. No one owns the publishing. I mean, argue, the, the publishing and the master are owned arguably either by the by the actual uh, like AI that created it or the person who prompted the AI to create it, right? It's a new master. It's a new song. It yeah. just has the voice of someone else. To clarify, were you saying that th that these AI programs make the voices by pulling from like thousands of yeah, samples? Like so couldn't the record labels just build program AI to locate the samples Ooh, in the song like that's being used by the voice and then say we present that like all of these things were stolen from to make your i was looking at that i feel the samples are so like infinitesimally small to like yeah. to like mimic a voice yeah it's like such small samples i feel like it's damn near impossible to like relocate every single yeah, yeah, <laughs> and if ultimately if it's synthesized, then yeah. it's like you can't you can't copyright a waveform. Exactly, yeah. I think that that's the issue. Is a like the little pieces are so small that as current copyright law sort of exists, that wouldn't even be enough to rise to the level of of a copyright violation for like sampling. And I don't know a ton about how AI works, but I also imagine that it's a composite of multiple things. So let's say it samples Drake making an A sound 20 yeah. times and then averages it or right. something. But you yeah. don't think they could program an AI thing to look, to take all, I mean, it, it probably couldn't pinpoint exactly unless it was, they were the same program, but like to be like, this is all the A sounds that Drake made. And I feel like they're it's definitely, possible. Been, it's, I, like I mean, it's definitely yeah, possible they definitely come from this pool of sound. I feel like it's theoretically possible. Yeah. The mm -hmm. different stakeholders are in like AI wars against each right, other. Exactly. <laughs> right. Who's like the singer that was trying, like there was a singer. We were, Holly Herndon. Holly Herndon was trying to do this, like trying to sell her voice. Um, this was like four or five years ago. Or yeah, something. I think she's still working on it. Oh, yeah, because wow. Grimes just put out the so people can sing as as her. Yeah, and Grimes Grimes, Grimes just, just did just that. Released the same thing. Beat I think. her to it. Yeah, yeah. So have have any of you heard the the fake Drake song? I haven't yeah. heard it. I, I I heard the I've heard a few. I heard I, the Drake Weekend one, and I was like looking it up, being like, "Damn, that's fucked up." Because it was like millions of streams across platforms. Huh. And then I looked at how much money the dude make, and it was like, "Oh, like less than two thousand dollars." And I'm like, "Let that man have his two thousand dollars." Like I was like, "Yeah, he's, he's just like me." So, <laughs> um, <laughs> struggling do, musician. Do you think that real Drake or fake Drake? Is better. Was it like convincing? Could you have been fooled that it was Drake? Yeah, the Drake ones sound like Drake because his voice is so like generally monotonous that I feel like that's kind of the easiest stuff to manipulate with AI generation. Mm -hmm. Things that have lots of range and like you don't see it. You don't see it's like mostly rappers being manipulated because there's like not a lot of melodic structure, but things that like move around a lot, I feel like that's going to be way harder to manipulate. That's another reason why I'm not like super 
scared about music manipulating artists because I haven't seen anything that's like really has as much range as like a lot of humans. Like we in will, the performance. Though. It's coming. Yeah. It's yeah. knocking at the door. Well, yeah, yeah, no, all, all yeah, this well, stuff that's happening. It's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna get better. Like technology always improves over the years, but you know, I've there's always gonna be human elements and things that won't be able to be manipulated, like especially like live things, you know, like I feel like once AI explodes, people are I have a theory people are gonna go more into the live show and like kind of want that human connection more. Um, that might be wishful thinking, but <laughs> I think another silver lining maybe here um, is that if AI can, you know, reproduce these like very kind of like cookie cutter styles of music, maybe it's going to push people to do to use more interesting forms and write more interesting music that AI can't, or at least for now, can't replicate. Um, so maybe it'll uh, advance music in a way, you know, the way that a lot of other technology, you know. Well, then we're making art in response to AI because right. it which can't I do think that. is not necessarily a bad thing because I feel like the conversation is so strong and like there's so many options and like people are gen like people are scared to some extent about what's going to happen and I feel like <laughs> sometimes fear the response to fear and in relation to art is to create something that maybe has not existed before. So it could be the beginning of an art music renaissance in a way. Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's my positive take <laughs> yeah, on it. I feel like from the perspective of like the the quality of art thing, it doesn't really bother me because it is, even though obviously it's on a different scale, like it just reminds me of like sampling happening and there's people that were like, oh, like... Yeah. You're how, not a real like, musician. Right, right, there's people who work their whole lives to be able to play this instrument and you're just going to sample it from this thing. But like then... I feel like now we've come to a place where everyone understands like the craft that go into those different ways of making music equally and being like it is an art yeah. either way to do it. But like the AI using someone else's voice thing is I feel like we maybe we need to all focus on it being especially because like legally it's so difficult to sort out. But like maybe we need to focus on like culturally making it like not okay to do because yeah. I think that aspect kind of strikes me the most when like, when that... I see people post like oh this is like essentially like like I don't know I don't know like digital blackface or something if mm -hmm. you're like take especially because it mostly happens to like rappers and so it's like mm. it's a lot of black people's voices being manipulated by who knows who you yeah. know so like that I feel like maybe if the conversation goes the way I think it kind of should like five years from now I hope people are like that was really fucked up like that that was so. I never not thought okay. about it as like the digital blackface. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's definitely all sorts of racial biases built into technology, right? There was a story, I don't know, within the last several years about um, like uh, face recognition technology having racial biases and like racial biases in like actuarial and accounting systems that companies use to determine like wow. mortgage eligibility yeah. and all sorts of stuff like that. So, you know, these these technologies that are created by, you know, uh, white people. Phones, lighting, lighting on phones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instagram filters. Yeah. That's Original what I mean. Like, film? Right. Now yeah. that's a little more in the, you know, general conversation with people, like mm -hmm. those types of biases that are built into these technologies. So I feel like that applying that same lens to the recreation of people's voices is probably 
a good way to like parse out what's good and bad about AI. When they interviewed the guy who made the the Pope puffer jacket, they were kind of asking him about the implications of it because he, he was just like, I took shrooms. I like recently right, he was lost, having fun. He was like, I recently lost a family member and like, so I just started like making some art to like grieve and then I got like really into it and then I thought this, like I was tripping on shrooms. I had this Pope idea. I thought it'd be real funny and it was. It was like super funny and then it blew up in a way I didn't expect it to blew up or to blow up, and he, what he said at the very, the very end of the piece, he said, as far as using it for regular images, if you want to do a Vincent Van Gogh, I feel like that kind of stuff is fine. He continued, but quote, using it for public figures, that might be the line. He paused. That might be the line. And <laughs> <laughs> he crossed himself? He paused. Yeah, he paused. <laughs> that might be the line. But I, but I think, yeah, I, I think that type of like regulation, I feel like is going to have to be something like legal right i i yeah. think that there the I, I think there's a few things that might happen one is like possible changes to copyright law to expand the concept to include ai voice generation and those types of things but then that opens up a can of worms and has really serious hurdles insofar as our entire understanding of copyright is about ideas, not personal characteristics. So second, there could be a push for a more uniform, uh, standardized, possibly even federal legal framework for rights of publicity that include AI considerations, because right now it's just this hodgepodge of state-by-state protections and different tests which is why it'd be very hard for like, you know, a, a national or international platform to create a content takedown system that abides by like all the laws of different states and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, you know, we could have attempts to regulate the content by uh, these platforms with, you know, these new principles for um, content takedowns. But like I 100% am interested in the conversation about what does it mean for art and what does it mean for labor? Because I, you know, we were talking about how, like, now you were saying you're not that worried that it's going to be able to, like, recreate something that has this human feel or whatever. But I actually think, I think the opposite. And I think it's going to happen very quickly. And I think people in their bedroom who've never, like, made music or whatever and who want to make music, you know, probably for, like, good creative reasons, are going to have software at their fingertips that is so powerful they will be able to make any type of composition that's like ever been made as good as anything that's ever been made with the sound quality of anything that's ever been made with all sorts of, you know, genre fusion and stuff, you know, just by putting in prompts. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be like, make a song that changes genre every four beats or whatever, you know, and then you sit there and keep refining the prompt and refining the prompt. And then all of a sudden you have an album. I mean, there's already AI. So I read this other article where this guy was making an argument that like AI is going to like uh, help democratize the process of creating music in much the same way like a sampler did, which the sampler is a great metaphor because people were like, you're not real musicians when that was happening and stuff. Um, But right now there's already AI music making software that like, you know, TikTokers are using in their bedrooms to like make 10 song albums and then they sing over them. And then they're like, I'm a musical artist. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, just like also like since chord packs, they're like, I get YouTube ads all the time. just like, don't know anything about chords. This will just make the chords for you. And this dude just like drags and drops something and he's like, whoa, (laughs) I got a song. (laughs) I get the same ads. You get those ads? Yeah, so I, yeah. In that regard, it is it is kind of scary. It's I'm, it's kind of scary, but I've TikTok is working on a an app that will generate original music through AI. Yeah, so but TikTokers I, can just do that. I think there's like there's a big difference between 
like if you give an AI a prompt and it spits out a song, it's like good. But what is what is your actual connection? Like part of part of writing a song is first finding what you're trying to communicate, and then part of that like journey of creating the song. I guess that doesn't. Make but you a can still do that with AI. I think well, yeah, but but I was gonna say there's also like kind of a halfway point here where it could actually be really helpful, and maybe I'm just being an optimist again. But like if you if you gave a prompt, say in like you know Pro Tools or something, and you're like, hey, give me like. I want a palette where I have the sound of like um, a swarm of bees flying through a dark tunnel and like a sad piano from a dream recorded off in the corner and -and so-and-so's voice. And now you have a palette where you can still create from it, but there's a whole new step that was like supported by AI, but still has human input. Yeah. I I feel like for people, it it doesn't even bother me I think in the most extreme sense for like a for a person to be doing that like a TikTok artist to be using the AI on TikTok to like make a backing track and write a song over it is like awesome. I think that is the same way that I think about sampling where I'm like if you if it gives someone access to it and they can be creative with it and turn it into something like if the song bangs, hell yeah. But I think the only part that worries me is like the corporation owning the technology to make music that will make it so they don't need to pay artists for yeah. that music and other things. 100%. Like what I think what freaks me out more is like how it would affect like the sync world. Like yeah. sync is like one of the only places that musicians even like make a fair wage right now. You know, like it's one of the only places that pays. I feel like for musicians who like land a sync, it's the one time you're going to get a check that like will actually sustain you for a while because that's where all the money is is in like syncing music for ads or tv or you know netflix and all that but if netflix can just be like yeah, throw it in the, the ai we got soundtracks for everything now they're going yeah. to do that. right they, they won't even pay, pay the writers part, right writers. exactly yeah, right the writers right, right, right. Like, right. give us yeah. a, a a fast yeah, beat underneath a sizzling that burger right. yeah. on my people. way here uh, I saw a mutual on social media post on their Instagram story that uh, they're an actress out in LA and they saw a casting call on like some, you know, casting board or whatever that they regularly check uh, for a short film that is like fully funded uh, and the script was AI generated. And it's like, there was a casting call. That's sick. Oops, it I has to be AI generated. I think that's sick too. That's fine. <laughs> Money, please. Just I press mean, like, one button. I, the <laughs> timing is funny with the yeah, writers. The timing yeah. is funny with the writers. So, yeah, so I definitely up. like solidarity with the writers. But like, yeah, but I don't know. Like as a project, as a one-off project, that's an interesting thing. That's, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I think it's, yeah, obviously fucked up to fire if if this person was making the film and they Dude. had a writer and then they were like, actually, <laughs> I think I could do this for free. <laughs> and then they fired them. Chat GPT. And, right. Netflix is, oh yeah, Netflix is going to have a yeah, field Netflix day with that. Yeah, Netflix will have They're all like, the music we've Paying money to all these fucking jamokes to, right. <laughs> to make content for us when we can just it. plug and play. That part's fucked up. But, but I, I don't. Yeah. It's, it's scarier when we talk about working class folks. But I do think, I would like to believe this is true, that there's going to be a, a lot of people that still want the process. You know, like still want to see the process. Because it's an activity. It's... I don't know. It's like a hobby. It's like a life for a lot of people to just make and create things. I think that people in general want to be creative in different ways. Um, 
So I don't know. I feel like maybe humans will get bored of not being able to be creative or hands-on in ways. Yeah. If like I agree. That's why I point. feel like it's not a it's not a big deal for the people to have it. Because yeah. like people are going to integrate it into their music practice already the way that we did with sampling when that became, you know, normalized. But yeah, like the corporations. Right, but exactly. For like a company that would have been paying a musician to do it but now doesn't have to. That that part seems worked out. And that's and that's the important context to key in on, right? That's the exact context that was missing from the initial like chat GPT prompt about the podcast is what does it mean for labor? Because as just a tool, AI in and of itself doesn't, you know, there's not really any inherent morality to it. It's how it's implemented. And technology, I think in general, throughout history has had the impact of democratizing music, right? Like hundreds of years ago, there was only live music, no recording technology. And and so you would go and see live music and the only people, you know, who could be sort of musicians or composers were people who had spent a really, really long time learning how to write music or learning how to master an instrument with classical training. And then that was it, right? And then you have the advent of new technologies and recording technologies that, you know, you can now synthesize music. You can record a, you know, three-chord song or whatever, right? You know, the music became more for the masses and by the masses. And then especially with synthesizers and sampling technology, then it was like, all bets are off. Every You know, everyone can make music. This is just, I think, another step in that direction. It's like, now you don't even have to learn how to sample or uh, how to sample. All you have to do is like be able to describe things. Yeah, and I then, mean, that's an art too, you know? Yeah. But I, I will say I went on a couple free uh, AI, like visual art, generating sites when it was happening i was like oh this is interesting and it's hard to make a good image because there's an art to writing prompts that are like usable but you learn it but you know so someone is going to be like a fucking mozart at writing prompts for the ai and just producing the most incredible music yeah i guess that'll be the new skill of being able to translate it into words which is always really hard especially even like the the relationship between like producer and musician where it's just like how how is this supposed to feel because there's so many subjective things totally. like in music and audio where you just like even a chord voicing for example that feels sad relative to another chord that's like a pretty advanced thing that unless you've written a lot of songs it's pretty hard to to truly capture an emotion aside from lyrics if we're just talking <laughs> instrumental feel so yeah. maybe totally. ai and- will be able to do a good job of that if you can tell it what right you want, and yeah. that's something that having a musical background or having spent time learning how to mu- make music would make you better at too so there's still a need to like study the craft of doing it mm-hmm. like i don't think it makes that part any less uh i don't know uh respectable or something you know yeah, yeah. i really hope i haven't wasted my entire life savings and time <laughs> and all this stuff on the gear yeah. <laughs> I don't know. i'm imagining like the next rick rubin is just going to be someone that's really good at typing stuff into i mean it's basically what rick rubin is now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's the first uh, ai <laughs> producer see that's the thing is i i do think that that is the trend it's going to go in mm. like no matter what yeah it, it, you know as a tool that now is just going to make having to produce and create and write music so easy and accessible and even of like very high quality. Like I feel like it's going there. 
And I'm not fundamentally against that idea. Again, it's just a tool. I think humans will still use it for cool, creative ways. And yeah, if someone wants to make music, but they never had the money or the time or the resources to like learn how to work in a studio or even to learn how to use like, I don't know, editing software or whatever, like yeah. great, good for them. It, it It is the question about the socioeconomic context, right? We talked, we've, we've talked about this before that if people had a good standard of living. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. it ties back to If it. people could have, you know, roof over their heads, access to healthcare, ac- you know, access to shelter, right. all, have their basic material needs met, then who gives about it? Yeah. Who gives a shit right. about AI AI would just totally. be a fun thing. Right, that exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what so I mean scary. about the like sync world with like, you know, that being the only place where musicians get paid a lot of money yeah. is like if you were making a ton of money on streaming like if streaming platforms were paying fairly it, I wouldn't even feel that I'd be like yeah. yeah hell yeah Netflix make your own music I don't care <laughs> you know but because that's the only place where you know people can people still get, get a money. check that's like what worries me is like what we're talking about um, with people still craving live music especially after like AI floods the market like people are going to want to see live music but musicians come don't make money doing live music that much you know like you come back from a show or a tour broke still so gotta it's make like, those ai t-shirts yeah exactly <laughs> put a prompt into the dale yeah. yeah the trouble was that like record people consuming your recorded mu- like recorded music is also a revenue stream right like as an artist and so if that becomes something that even more people can do really well and they make music that other people want to consume that will drive down the value of the labor of making music of your specialized skill set to be a multi-instrumentalist producer composer i'm just like how how much lower can it get though <laughs> you know <laughs> right that's I'm like it's already I mean. just like, like no one gives a like, shit we get 0.00 I mean, whatever not, for stream it's, it's like, not like anyone's making a bunch <laughs> of sync checks at least that we know but i you know some people do that specifically for a living so yeah. they're kind of fucked when it happens mm-hmm. but like even just like the occasional placement of something will like has drastically changed my living situation Same, for like yeah. a couple months or something. I'll be like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> now I can buy groceries. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, uh, I often think about taxi drivers and the advent of GPS technology. I remember taking taxis before there was GPS or Uber or Lyft or any of that stuff. And like taxi drivers had very specialized knowledge. They knew like they know everywhere in the city. They know how yeah. to get yeah. there, right? You get into a taxi, be like, no I need to go here yeah. and here. They're not pulling up maps. They like they know where to go. They have that map in their head. They've spent years acquiring that specialized knowledge. Then a technology came along that made that job fucking obsolete. It made that specialized knowledge and skill set totally obsolete. Anyone yeah. can do it now. And it, it yeah. completely transformed that industry in a couple of years. Well, if history has shown us anything, it's that um, nobody cares whether musicians are making money or what their you know standard of living is. So I think maybe uh, if there is like you know the idea that uh, Marx uh, had that like when robots take over um, for humans and make our labor obsolete, that that's when there will be a revolution against capitalism. So if eventually, if like everyone working at the insurance office. <laughs> finds themselves just twiddling their thumbs or other white collar jobs that start to get eaten up and then the majority of people don't have jobs and we need universal basic income, then maybe all of a sudden musicians are making more money than they ever have. Chat GBT is here to set us free. (laughs) I mean, that's the hope and I think that's like the brighter, the optimistic 
view on this stuff is that, yeah, that the the Marxian understanding of technology in a capitalist system hopefully does turn out like he said and then causes a sort of realignment of the relationship between like labor and production and capital and all that, right? Because it, it, Marx's labor theory of value says that it, in its simplest form, the value of any commodity is the amount of labor time put into it. And then as technology progresses, the amount of human labor time you need to make that thing goes down, which then also like could drive the value of labor down. But then what happens is if you automate and get rid of all the jobs, then there's no class of consumers to buy the stuff, right? So there, there, there is nobody consuming the goods made by the capitalist mode of production. That's, you know, Marx's whole projection was that capitalism with specifically technology being a driving factor, changing production is going to drive off of a cliff because you will, you will need fewer and fewer people to actually do the things to make the stuff. They'll be out of jobs, won't have money, won't be a sufficient consumer base to support that whole mode of production. And the whole thing will implode. The problem is that's like optimistic and utopian that we get there. I hope stuff like this does create a pressure for something like universal basic income and whatever, and that pressure will be created, though, only if, like, so many fucking people lose their jobs and are in a horrible place. <laughs> so, like, so there's funny. a growing pain. Here. Yeah, it's so funny yeah. talking about reaching a utopian uh, utopian world or, like, situation. And it always has to reach such a breaking point. Like, you know, there's, like, right. there's no, like, reaching any sort of change, like, on larger scales like this until the pressure is applied and, like, people are completely out of options like yeah until people are so angry until people are so just like we can't live like this you know that's when all not all but that's when the majority of big changes happen and it's fucked that it will definitely have to get to that point for people to care that's my fear <laughs> is that we're yeah. if we even get there to the point where AI automation becomes so extreme that so many people lose their jobs that society does reach a breaking point where stuff like universal basic income does come into play. Because it, it is in the conversation these days over the last 10 years, like UBI and stuff, different countries are trying yeah. it, like it's real. Yeah. But that we are still nonetheless in, as like people in the music industry, we are about to go through that transition period yeah. where it might get really fucking bleak. Yeah. Because we'll I don't- see. It could also just be like- you know, this was a fun novelty. Like, the average consumer could just be yeah, like... Yeah, that's definitely happened with some you know. things before where it seemed like it was going to totally tank the economy of a business and then yeah. it just kind of faded as a, you know... Yeah. Once we start mm -hmm. calling it a, uh, whatever, chat generator instead of artificial intelligence, it might just lose all of its hubbub. Yeah. It, you, someone brought up the Grimes thing earlier. Have you, have you paid attention to that? It was you. You brought up the Grimes thing. No, I don't think I did. <laughs> I mentioned it, but I haven't. Read, I haven't read about it. Besides that, yeah, I would like tweets. to know more about it. I don't know. I just found out about that today, actually. Okay, so so Grimes launched an AI tool uh, that would allow people to use her voice to create art. Uh, so in sort of as all of this like dialogue has been happening about the this issue, so. 
in uh, April of 2023, just just very recently, Grimes, she tweeted and she said, quote, I'll split 50% royalties on any successful AI-generated song that uses my voice. Successful. Same deal as I would have with any artist I collab with. Feel free to use my voice without penalty. I have no uh, label and no legal, legal bindings. Then she went on to say in a subsequent tweet in the same thread, I think it's cool to be fused with a machine and I like the idea of open sourcing all art and killing copyright. Okay, Grimes. Uh, then she went on. So she's like sort of couching this AI thing in some sort of progressive notion uh, of copyright. And then shortly after those tweets, she gave a keynote uh, address at some event where she uh, where she doubled down on all that stuff. Uh, that, like there's too much gatekeeping in music and that like uh, art should be a conversation with everyone and copyright sucks uh, and all this sort of stuff. She's got this very anti-copyright stance. But what's super funny is then she launched this AI tool and people were like, well, what about hate speech? What if someone's making grime songs and it's like all this crazy hate speech and like Nazi shit and racism or violence or whatever. And then uh, then she had to come out and make another statement and was like, well, okay, well, if it's like hate speech, then that's a limitation. Like you can't do that either. And what's funny about it to me is like, it all to me just reads like a grift. Like either she doesn't really understand what she's doing and saying or that it's just a grift to capitalize on making a bunch of money right at the head of this AI like music phenomena thing that's happening because yeah. on the one hand she's couching all this and being like I'm anti-copyright it's what she said she's talking about like uh, killing copyright but all she's doing is like extending a licensing deal to anyone saying we'll go 50-50 yeah. on the royalty but by the way I still own it, which is why if you use hate speech, I'm going to put that limitation on So all Grimes has done is reinvent like uh, a sample library or like an <laughs> image library, right? Where it's like, you know, you can use this material that I've made under these conditions. And that's, that's all that she's doing. So to me, it's just like, it's not fundamentally anti-copyright. If you were trying to be like a radical anti-copyright activist, you, you would let people money. do anything yeah, they want just, and not take any money yeah. right yeah it <laughs> seems, i'm gonna start performing doing. under the name grimes and just right. dress yeah, like her <laughs> yeah it does seem rather uh opportunistic Some, something i i think about a lot too that i've been thinking about a lot in going through these ideas is how like uh the advances in the types of media that humans can create and that are consumed even for like our, for artistic purposes and otherwise um like changes our subjectivity and kind of changes the way we relate to society. So, you know, it before like access to the, the printing press, before like regular commercial access to the printing press, right? You would go and you'd have to see people in public, like attend a lecture or something like that, you know, in order to have like a parasocial relationship with somebody else's ideas. You had to like mm. go see them, right? Uh, and then when the print, when the printing press became much more readily available for people to use it to make printed materials, like, you know, the printing press was around for a long time, but it printed government documents business documents and church documents, right? And that, you know, maybe maybe wealthy people had a few books in their home or whatever. But that when 
when the printing press really exploded in whatever the 16th century and printing presses started popping up everywhere and you started to get pamphlets and stuff and all of these new writers and authors could then take their material, make them cheaply and people had them in their homes and you could have a parasocial relationship with the ideas of these different thinkers, um, which was like huge, right? It changed your relationship to people, to ideas, to society and, uh, you know, arguably had a very destabilizing effect. I've been listening to this podcast, Hell on Earth, that's been talking about how that was one of the critical variables that uh, contributed to like massive destabilization that birthed the modern capitalism and the contemporary state from like the previous feudal order that literally people changed the way they related to each other, ideas, society, because print media became so widely accessible. And then you had like radio and television and similar thing. But what's interesting about all of those is that with all of those things, like print media, radio, television, people who like were primarily media consumers, right? They consumed the media and then they related to those ideas and stuff. And now with social media, everyone's a a publisher. Everyone is a content creator. And I feel like that is such a different shift. Uh, And it's like totally new and we're in this unexplored territory. And I think it harkens back to the notion of thinking about the wider socioeconomic context of it for me too. Because what I worry about is like in the current fucking hellscape that we're in, which is like, you know, rampant late stage hyper-capitalism and terminal online-ness and meet, you know, brains being broken from the media that like, having AI technology will fuse into just like wanting to be an influencer, right? You'll have a bunch of people who are like, I'm going to make music because I need to get streams online and I need yeah. to build my brand as yeah. a person, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I just see it. Yeah. Like if we're in this transitional period where AI is going to just be co-opted by the current sort of systems of exploitation that exist, we're going to see like a ramp up in that. And so to me, I just, I'm worried about the near future of like what it means to be an artist and who's making art and you know, whether we can get through this transition in a way that makes any sense. Cause I feel like that's what we're going to get. That's kind of what we were just talking about with like an avatar voice or whatever. It's people yeah. who are like, yeah, they are creating something and there is a creative element to it, but is that the same? Are they art? Is someone who's just like, I'm going to make AI music because I'll get clout on TikTok. Is that person an artist? What does it mean to be an artist? Is an art, what does it mean? Is, I just is, think is, it's, it, it, it can't not be defined by like person to person. Like each person is going to have a moment that's where what they're making is either like um, deeper than the components that went into it or not, you know? So like even like the shallowest whatever TikTok influencer song person might, you know, stumble into an amazing song that touches people in a weird way, you know, or whatever. And like, so I wouldn't write it off that way. But I also kind of feel like that's, Right, like you're saying, just like a another level of development in, development in the trend that's already been going on, like in the way, like I don't know. I think about this a lot because of you know um, putting out music. So much of the routine of it is actually not making or playing the music itself. It's like doing the social media shit, posting, you know, whatever, doing outreach, getting your music out there, Brand and so building. like the. And so I think all the t- exactly brand building. And so I think about all the time, like I fear that I am what I do every day more than what I say I am and what I believe I do. You know, like 
I feel connected to music, so I call myself a musician, but I do way more social media than I do music in a day. Yeah, man. So, I feel like, like I'm just a t-shirt salesman, honestly. Literally, yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of people say that for people that tour a lot. Tour. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just are a merch designer, you know? And like, or you know, curator. Right, you're a curator. I just sell it. Yeah, exactly. And a brand builder. But so yeah. like that, to me, like what what uh i have to hold on to is just how much i like care about making music so then that's so like subjective person to person like i'm not gonna read someone on tiktok for like, seemingly not exactly i'm not gonna be like you don't seem like you really give a shit about I f- that i do sure. internally you know, sometimes doing, when i see people but yeah, i'm, just, but I'm like, we're doing the, the same shit like, we're just not as good at it yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> i also think about like full-on artists that way anyways i'm like your shit is trash exactly no <laughs> i'm like we're, fuck you yeah it's not that different <laughs> that's why that's why they i think i'm just like it's not that different we already do that in a different way of looking at every part of me loves just anyone that will hustle to try to like yeah get the things that they need because just given the tools you have just using whatever to make your funds like support yourself support your family part of me like regardless of what you're doing is like yes <laughs> like you're hustling you and you're, do- hustle. you're doing something <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a t-shirt mule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Get your t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, gotta I carry guess, a t-shirt yeah. cannon. And maybe yeah, that's something for me to unpack personally because I do, for some reason, have an issue with it. Where I'm like, damn, like I'm just a, I'm just a social. Like I work. My job is on Instagram, really. Yeah, that's my job. And like the prerequisite skill was like the music. But now my job is to be on yeah. Instagram. I mean, I, <laughs> it's annoying. It's, it's like annoying. The last. For sure the last untapped frontier of late stage capitalism is the dynamics of capitalism entering people's intra-subjective space in their mind. And like, I feel like that is what's happening. It's through social media. It's through the internet. Everyone's a brand. That's how the hustle works. Influence, make content, sell shit. And it's like, sorry, no, that I just, I, I, I think that's what I push back on in my fear with AI is that it'll make that stuff worse before it gets better. But yeah, fundamentally, yeah. it is just another creation tool that in a more just, liberated, equal society would be like, cool, anyone can do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like the, these issues, like the social media stuff you're talking about, is also an, an age thing. I feel like we are more concerned about it than generations that are just born into it because yeah, it's like their true. natural true. For state. sure. We experienced <laughs> life before it so it feels yeah. a little different. They're all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah you fucking kids are all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but they just said, they probably just think the opposite. They're just like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, like, it's just that's, like a tool. It's funny. And they're, that's why they're so much better at it. And yeah, <laughs> they have progressive values that I think yeah. they're showing that right. they're like a progressive voting block in elections. Yeah. But totally. But Oh, I think it's young yeah, people. I, though, I, I feel young like people suck. I, I got emotional. Like, be old like I'm me, not, idiots. Yo, we, I, us, and our parents and their parents is, had way worse emotional problems. <laughs> yeah, you just shove them down. Our, you don't have our, any Twitter to like tweet your feelings yeah, out. You exactly. just gotta, our like, social Ugh. adjustment is different. Yeah, they're, like they're, we're social. We're yeah. socialized differently. Yeah, and that, for sure. That's, so if really, the trade-off is like you know, there's way more AI music on TikTok, but they're voting better. Rachel from Thanks for Coming, our homie, Water From Your Eyes. But they tweeted a couple days ago, and they said, feels like AI art is being considered to replace artists because art is only seen something to consume, commodify, instead of as a means to transcend our own limited understanding of the scope of human existence. 
if you think movies and songs and pictures are good just because you're but just because it's filling your time and thus the void in your soul for a brief moment of time rather than asking you to examine the humanity of someone else or your own humanity in some way shape or form then maybe we're doomed <laughs> and i was like yeah but that's the tension i feel like sen you were just talking about it's like i make art for art's sake cuz it's a fulfilling to me and i like doing it yeah but now because that's my job and it's a job that doesn't pay well and is really hard, I actually spend my time doing all this other bullshit brand building. And now I sometimes fear that my life actually isn't about the art anymore. Totally. Know? I think that I, hearing it back that way, it's more than I fear. I know that I am not, <laughs> I know that we're not music. Like it's so stupid to be like, we're musicians. It's like we're, we're brand builders. But you're, I feel like that's a dangerous way of thinking of it. If you're, really like labeling yourself just based on like whatever the income or the response to what you're doing i feel like you are whatever you feel like you are you know yeah. what i mean i guess i was saying do. i am whatever i do every day like yeah, the most okay. you know so like if i you know if i pray every day if i meditate every day like though and i whatever i play music every day like those things will be like the the building blocks with which i build my self-image and so mm. if my daily life is much more on social media or even like emailing what you know what i mean like it's yeah that's really who i am yeah, yeah but i, I think not to um try and be your therapist but it, <laughs> uh, my bad guys <laughs> all all of that stuff is just baggage that you're carrying because of like that tweet that namdi just read there's so much like productization and commodification of art and now for you to be a musician, you have to sell it rather than just create art. And so right. that's all the, the bullshit that goes along with it. Right. I, yeah, so I didn't do it by choice, but like, <laughs> I think that doesn't make it not real. I do, yeah, I do think it's the frame you look at it too. Because you could be like, well, I, if I am really just what I mostly do every day, then like I just post on social media. But you could also look I'm a at couch that man. as like, <laughs> I'm a what couch I actually I'm a couch. do every day is attempt to expand an audience who's receptive to the art that I do make sometimes you know yeah and it's also if it's just you about sell, the art just get, <laughs> I you, sell t-shirts you're a social media right, manager just, could just get a different job and <laughs> right, make music right. and never let anyone hear it exactly yeah and so then I wouldn't you know if I did the music every day but I didn't uh do the promotion part every day I would feel more like a musician yeah but, at, but I think at the end of the day what I'm realizing is that it's not obviously because I'm because I can tell just by my willingness to do it every day, yeah, clearly that's not the that's not the important thing to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and you can't <laughs> like like you saying not show it to anybody. I feel like the connection is part of it is the big part yeah. of it. Yeah, you like need it, and we need you to, to <laughs> other people. <laughs> is that even a realistic goal in twenty twenty three? To like like can you even think like do you think to yourself like I can get successful to a point where then I won't have to do all this bullshit anymore and I can no no is that, that is yeah the job. I mean you can't if you get like, money and you can hire someone else to do it yeah but <laughs> yeah, like I guess but, that is the job it's not like I'm saying like there's a point where I'll become a musician I'm just kind of saying that that job doesn't even really exist the way that I imagined it as a child that's kind of what I'm getting at yeah yeah I, I think it's all even if you hire someone else to do it it's like you have to be online and doing interviews and making yeah. but you don't you don't well who who who? Bo Burnham, he literally <laughs> doesn't do anything until he's like, "All right, I'm gonna come out," and then like, I have got this thing right. I want to show people. Right. James Acaster, who I've been people working with, it. deleted all, like, doesn't do any social media. He's just like, "All right, I'm gonna like start this podcast. I'm gonna like 
if I want to go tour and like do my comedy shows, I'm gonna go do that. And Could then you just, do that right now? Me? Yeah, and like make enough money to survive. I, they already have bigger audiences where it's like they don't have to worry i feel like i'm not at a point where i don't have to worry about anything right yeah so you think that is attainable like it's attainable get so big 100 that's what i aspire to i aspire to like not have to talk to anybody for like a year and then be able to drop an album and like people fuck with it i remember Haley williams did that during the pandemic she was like i'm sick of this shit like i'm fucking not gonna be on social media and i'll see you i don't think it's i don't yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Like all these things we're talking about, all the tools we have access to, they're that's what they are. They're tools. Like we use them everyone uses them differently and they help people in different ways. But yeah, I don't think there's a cookie cutter formula. I think people can get to that point. Honestly, if there was some sort of technology that could help us automate our <laughs> marketing content <laughs> creation. <laughs> oh my god. Literally, yeah. So okay, so remember uh, at the beginning, I was saying uh, I, I asked ChatGPT to uh, modify the the prompt to put it in in labor terms. So I asked it. I said, I said, modify to contextualize AI as a labor issue in Marxist terms, and this was the introduction uh, that it spit out. Welcome to the Music Industry Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and developments in the world of music. In today's episode, we're exploring the topic of AI and music from a Marxist perspective, considering how AI is affecting the labor dynamics of the music industry. Artificial intelligence has been increasingly incorporated into music production in recent years, with companies utilizing AI to automate various aspects of the creative process. However, this technology raises important labor issues and poses a potential threat to the livelihood of music industry workers. From a Marxist perspective, the implementation of AI in music production can be seen as a way for companies to extract greater profits by reducing labor costs. Hmm. With AI able to replace certain tasks traditionally performed by human workers, there is a risk that musicians, producers, and other industry professionals could find themselves increasingly marginalized in the music making process Mm. we'll discuss how this trend could exacerbate the already existing inequalities in the music industry where only a few individuals and companies have the power and resources to access and control ai technology we'll also examine how the use of ai could lead to a loss of artistry and originality as the technology tends to produce formulaic and predictable music finally we'll explore possible solutions to these issues including the need for collective action amongst music industry workers to demand fair compensation for their labor and for increased transparency in the development and implementation of ai technology so whether you're a musician a music industry worker or just interested in the intersection of technology and labor dynamics join us as we critically examine the impact of ai on the music industry from a marxist perspective should have written the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) so much better at talking than any of us Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. fucked collective action let's go yeah same old solutions all right. Um, and that's that bullshit. And that's that bullshit. <laughs> You've been listening to the Industry Bullshit Podcast. If you're having a good time, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash industry bullshit, where you can enjoy access to our premium episodes. Subscribing helps us stay independent and advertising free. You can otherwise find us online at industrybullshit.com and on Instagram and Twitter at industrybspod. Bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit.